For a lot of Lauren Park residents, Tony Mora is their go-to hairstylist when wanting to look and feel great. This owner of Mora Hair Salon has recently played out his lifelong dream of owning a pizzeria. In today's episode, I get to learn about his training under some of the greats, some of his favorite memories of traveling the world for hair competitions, and his love for all things food. Welcome to Lauren Park Living. I am your host, Anuja Pereira. In each episode, I get to help tell the story of someone in the South Mississauga community who is a difference maker, making here such an incredible place to live. Tony Mora was trained under some of the country's most renowned hairstylists and has been a business owner in Lauren Park since the early 1980s. In today's episode, I sit down with Tony to learn more about his start in hairstyling, his success at shows and competitions all over the world, and his passion for making and serving amazing food. Welcome to Lauren Park Living, Tony. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you have been a business owner in Lauren Park for so many years, with your longest running business being the salon, which you opened in 1982, I believe. So tell me what yeah. it is about hairstyling that you love so much. Uh I wasn't supposed to be one, and then I got into it because my family was all in the hairdressing, and they just got me into it. So I realized that actually I could do it too. So, And I was very fortunate to have a great teacher that I worked for for over a year and a half, and that's when uh, I actually got into it, when I realized it was just not another job, but it was actually... Uh, very uh, rewarding when a client actually came out of the salon smiling, happy, with a beautiful hairdo. Mm. So making a woman look better or feel better, that was very rewarding to me. So Yeah. I made her a career out of it. Well, it sounds like it was quite the, it is still quite the great career, I should say. Um, what was, so you told me a little bit when the mics were off, what was your real passion other than hairstyling? My original passion was engineering. I went to high school for engineering, but then I didn't finish high school, of course. I came to Canada. And when I came to Canada, well, actually, before I came to Canada, I got into cooking or helping out cooking in a small cafe in Italy. And then I realized that actually was, it was a cool thing to do, especially if, he, uh, if everything tastes really good, <laughs> you ask for more. So I uh, developed a passion for food. Mm. And uh, I wanted to be actually... I wanted to be in the food business after high school or when I first came to Canada. But it didn't happen because uh, nobody had a restaurant, nobody had a pizzeria, nobody had a cafe. All my relatives and good friends were all hairdressers. Mm. <laughs> so I joined I joined them. That's it. My my passion for food didn't go away. It actually got got better mm, <laughs> over the years. Yeah. <laughs> it got stronger, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and then um, 
few years ago I started getting into the food business. And uh, I'm in there as of now and um, hoping to be there for the uh, next few years before I'm totally retired. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, I know that you opened Tony's Panini and Pizza in November 2020. So happy anniversary. Yeah. I think it's just been Thank a year. You. Yeah. And I yeah. really have to know, what made you open a restaurant in the middle or at the height of the COVID pandemic? Well, everybody thinks that I'm crazy, but that's not actually what happened. That after the first lockdown, everybody thought, me included, of course, that the virus wasn't going to be around. It was going to go away slowly. And I figured that by the time that I'm ready with the restaurant to open, most of it will be gone. And then I have a high school nearby me, and I would enjoy feeding the high school kids. And the neighborhood really needed another good pizzeria. And because I already had opened a couple of other places in the neighborhood, so I knew that this will do well, will succeed, and I will enjoy it. But unfortunately, by the time I got the restaurant ready, the virus got worse and much worse. And then at a point the restaurant was ready to open, I had to open, I had no choice. So I opened actually two days after the lockdown. The good thing was that I got myself a job instead of being locked down. Yeah, well, I guess the salon was closed, but the restaurant could be open. The restaurant could be open. Mm. And uh, I really struggled through the winter and everything, but then I knew that sooner or later it was going to be okay. So now it's much better and uh, looks like the virus is somewhat under control, but then we don't know the future. So, but as it's right now, we're okay. Well, good. It's, uh, it's exciting that you've been able to live out that, that dream that you had yeah. even as a young, as a young person. And, uh, and can do it right here in Lorne Park, which is great. Yeah. So I'm curious, you talked about some other family members who are in the business. So I know there, is, there are also some other business owners in the Clarkson, Lorne Park area in your family. Is there a history of business ownership in your family that goes way back? It goes actually way back in generations, that is. Because back home, we actually were farmers and we owned our own land. And uh, being a farmer, it's just another business. And we had employees in the busy times and we all owned our own business. And in fact, out of uh, 24 first cousins that all came to Canada, not even one of us went to work for somebody else. Sooner or later, we all end up on our business. So I guess you might say it's in the DNA or uh, the, the genes or that's, that's the way it is. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So, I know they're all very successful, important businesses to this area. And yeah. the one that I do want to ask you about is around 
the salon. And so I am curious, you've been open for so long. How have you kept such a loyal customer base for so many years? Well, for one thing, the the population Lorne Park are very loyal people. And one condition that you treat them well and you make them feel good and dedicate yourself to service them properly. So, and that actually applies to any business, any small business that is. Mm. So that that's that's the secret to to keep loyal clients yeah in fact i have clients from the first day that i came to mississauga so that's wonderful you have had your hand in a couple of other small businesses besides the salon and pizzeria in lauren park what do you want to tell me a little bit about those well my first encounter with the food business it was a sweet one because I actually opened up a, a pastry shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a, a place that came up for sale just two doors away from my restaurant. And um, mm. I just wanted to do some Italian nice takeout, you know, some pizza or pasta. But unfortunately, I couldn't do that. Uh, it was only allowed to do uh, bakery products or um, pastries. So I ended up doing pastries. I got myself a very young, very capable young man, beautiful pastry chef, and that was it, 1988, which is 43 years ago. Wow. Wow. And what's that so. pastry shop called now, sir? La Delice. It was La called De La Delice from day one. La Delice, yes. Well, it's a beautiful, and it's beautiful still place. there. And it's 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 even got better since. So mm, that's wonderful. I want to talk a little bit about your hairstyling career. Like I said at the beginning, you have trained under some of the country's most renowned and popular hairstylists at the time when you were training. How did that impact your work and your approach to styling? Well, it certainly was quite different from the uh, uh, the rest of the hairstylists in uh, in in Toronto or in Ontario or even in Canada, for that matter. Uh, I was very fortunate to to work in uh, a salon downtown called Caruso's. That's a place where every young man they want to really be good at it, that's where they would go mm. because of his, uh, his fame, his skills, his, uh, his uh, avant-garde kind of a styling. In fact, it was like only a few years above, everybody, like five or six years ahead of everybody else because he was, he was in contact with some of the best stylists in the world like Alexander from Paris or Vidal Sassoon from England, uh, Paul Mitchell. These are all very uh, iconic names in the industry. So, And uh, I, I was very fortunate to actually spend some time there that really made me, uh, made me uh, enjoy it and uh, 
get me into it more and more. So, hmm. Did you ever have the chance to meet any celebrity clients or work on them? I couldn't work on them because I was still an assistant, but I uh, I watched Jennifer on the air a couple of times. Mm. She came in a couple of times. And Cher, Cher, she came in a few times. I could never go near her, but <laughs> I saw her come in and go out. And uh, some of the top models in, in Toronto. So that, that was... The whole time that I was there, I, I couldn't do anybody's here yet. I was still immature for, for that kind of <laughs> this and this people. So Fair enough. So when you left Toronto, where did you go to start working on your hairstyling career? Well, I went from downtown Toronto to downtown St. Catherine's, Ontario. I was about 70,000 people in the whole <laughs> the whole Niagara Peninsula then, you know. Mm. And they were slightly behind <laughs> the, <laughs> anywhere else in Toronto. So. <laughs> a little bit of a culture shock, but I managed to sell sell my, my skills that mm. I had acquired from, from a very top stylist to probably the bottom. And um, in a very short time... Uh, I could start using the techniques that I'd learned and the uh, the, the new styles, and, you know. And in a very short time, I became actually quite popular. And uh, then uh, after a couple of years there, I got a little bit, uh, my head started swelling a bit. And I decided that I was too good for St. Gathering, so I came closer to Toronto. That's how I ended up in Lorne Park, which is actually quite different from St. Gathering's, I tell you yeah. that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, you also did a lot of competitions and hair shows. Is there one that sticks out in your mind as most memorable? Yeah, there is one. It was the uh, Western Hemisphere competition, and it was held in Detroit. What year was that, Tony? 1984. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had 15 years of experience by that time. Mm. (laughs) And uh, it was uh, a competition of uh, 147 hair cutters. Quite a a competition. (laughs) So I was chosen by my... My captain, my my mentor for competition, we actually had a team, like Team Canada. Mm. And uh, he chose me to go and compete. And I thought that I, I didn't have a chance, but somehow I, I figured out a way not to win, I didn't expect to win, but at least to stand out or to get some attention. So I uh, I cut a, a young girl's hair very short and I colored three different crazy colors from <laughs> orange, orange, purple, some blonde here and there. And... Uh, <laughs> The judges decided that there was the only different one in the, in the whole 
on the old floor says they gave me first prize. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and everybody else went crazy on me. You know, all the the Japanese photographers and the newspapers and everybody in the all the three thousand people. Wow! That 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 was totally unexpected, but somehow it just. I don't know if it was luck or what it was, but it was different. Yeah. Well, you stood out from the anyway, crowd, it sounds like. I, I, I stood out. They had no choice. There was nobody else that looked like me, so yeah. <laughs> that, they had no choice they had to pick me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy hair shows? Was that part of the industry that you enjoyed? Well, hair shows uh, back in those days were actually very educational. So when you went to hair show, you just went to learn more and to meet um, hairstylists from around the world. And Toronto is quite a, a well-known uh, uh, city as far as the fashions and everything. So we 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 got to see different styles from from Italy, from France, from anywhere in the world. So it was enjoyable to inspire you and to make try new things all the mm. time mm. and what about the competitions the competitions it's uh i am very competitive by nature so if there was any competition that i could go in i would go mm. so and uh i was very comfortable on stage always so that's why i did well too because usually if you're not, if you don't have uh, uh, strong nerves and confidence on stage, you start sweating and you fall apart and you, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing anymore. I've witnessed a lot of that. Some, uh, some people that, that just cannot handle the, the, the pressure of the stage. Yeah. And believe me, it's, it's, it's not really not that easy. You know? if, if, if you're the kind of person that can handle that kind of pressure, you can do well. If not, not for you. So fair enough. That that's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed that um, be being uh, being on stage. Yeah. Well, you're a performer, I guess. Well, I am thinking that you also are quite good when you have just one person in the chair, because I have learned that you met your wife, and she was first a client of yours. Can you tell me about what happened that day? Well, I wouldn't call her a client, but it was um, because of her sister that liked her hair. She brought her along, and she ended up liking her hair too. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> then she, I, 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 I made her laugh, and she thought that I had a good sense of humor too. So she liked my chin and my sense of humor, and my hairstyling too. Yeah. Did you she say she liked your chin? Did she, did you yeah, say she liked it. your chin? I don't know why, but that's it. All right. Well, so you have and my nose. Good, your nose, a chin and my chin. And, that's it. And, and a good, and a good conversation and a sense of humor. Well, she's got frizzy hair. So I straighten her out and everything. And she says, well, how am I going to keep her like this? This is well, when you go outside in the heat to put a hair condition machine over your head, then you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if so. only it was that easy. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's it. <laughs> yeah. So in all your time here in Lorne Park, um, Tony, you and some of your family members have been involved in some community fundraising and supporting some causes. What have been those events? Uh, usually golf tournaments or uh, uh, I also done a couple of uh, hair cutting uh, charity uh, uh, functions for, for the neighborhood, like would have all the stylists there and just cut hair for half of the price and have all the money to donate either to the the women's shelter was the uh, usually the one we did it for. And then there is a, uh, a hospice, Anderson House, that we did it for. So we always, um, we even used to do fashion shows uh, many years ago. Now there's no more fashion shows, but we still do a golf tournament every year for the, uh, for the uh, Anderson House. And um, yeah, we've done a lot of those over the years. Yeah, why do you think that's yeah. important? Well, it's a need. It's very need, especially for the um, the women's shelter as well. It's much needed money, as well for the uh, hospice of the Anderson House. And it's um, a feel good gesture to give some back to the the community where we live in since we are being supported constantly by our neighborhood, by our clients. So we must give something back. Hmm, that's wonderful. I'm wondering, having been here for so long in the Lorne Park and Clarkson communities, what do you think is special about the people here? Uh, they're very loyal, very understanding, um, they're just good, good people. They're all very good people. I would say 99, 900 to 1,000 are very good people to work with and to service and, 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 and to, and to do things for, yes. Mm, and to have as, and to have as a customers, yeah. as clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. I'm wondering my final question that I always ask. If you were building a home and money were no issue, what is one feature that you would include in that home? Uh, it would be probably an enormous kitchen <laughs> <laughs> with all the gadgets, mm. with uh, an indoor um, wood oven pizza. <laughs> mm. Or on an outdoor wood oven pizza as well. Yeah. And all kinds of uh, facilities to make good food. Oh. And uh, that would be number one choice. And then if I had a lot more money, I'd probably put in a mini soccer field. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you still play Since, soccer, Tony? Uh not much, but I did play and coach with my kids for 25, 30 years. So. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds like a pretty great thing. Some soccer and then some great wood-fired pizza sounds pretty good That's to me. It. 
<laughs> Living the good life, Tony. Yeah. Well, when, when and if you ever retire, um, that can be your next step. So. Uh, for when I retire, mm, that would be nice. I hope that uh, I can retire soon and uh, reasonably healthy so I can enjoy cooking and kicking a few balls around. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Well, Tony, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and spending some time here. I enjoy every minute of it. That's wonderful. Well, that's it. Um, thank you again to Tony Mora for being with us today. That's it for our interview, but stick around for a special shout out to this week's Lorne Park Local Legends. Today's shout out goes to the staff and volunteers of the Compass Food Bank and Outreach Centre. Last year, they impacted over 1,100 households and distributed over 600,000 pounds of food. Having witnessed their great work firsthand, I'm certain that none of it would be possible without the dedicated staff and volunteers. Between food sorting, packaging and distribution, hosting programs and sessions, and providing support to so many residents, the Compass relies on the time and efforts of so many local residents to run as well as it does. If you want to participate and help out, please visit the website for current opportunities. To the staff and the volunteers of the Compass Food Bank and Outreach Center, for being generous in spirit and donating so much time to such a worthy cause, we thank you. And thank you to you all for listening and joining us here on the Lauren Park Living Podcast. I am your host, Anuja Pereira. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch us next time when we get to hear the story of another difference maker of this community, making here such an incredible place to live. See you next time.